This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. If you missed it, uh, a list of some of the most ridiculous game prop bets you could come up with. Some of them make a ton of sense, the early ones, and then you get late into our selections. We just did a Super Bowl game prop uh, bet draft uh, a couple minutes ago, and uh, you can always rewind on your Odyssey app in case you missed it or download it as a podcast later. Um, it's just, a, it, it might as well be a list of bets that you look at and go, huh, okay, I can see that. Yeah, I'll put five bucks on that. Sure, why not? Yeah, okay. Um, but fun stuff as we continue to build towards Super Bowl 58. Now just five days away. Welcome back in to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM alongside Joe Ostrowski. I'm Chris Mack. Aaron Hawksworth has the day off. 40 minutes from now, we talk to Isaac Trotter, National College basketball writer of 24-7 Sports about what to expect. Three top 10 teams at home tonight, and you got a bunch of top 25s on the road. Iowa State, Kentucky trying to get things back together. Texas Tech, San Diego State, New Mexico, both on the road as well. And our NFL year in review, AFC North style, coming up in 20 minutes. Joining us now from NBC Sports, he checks in every Tuesday, our guy Vaughn Dalzell. Vaughn, first of all, thanks for making the time. We appreciate it. Second of all, you're on the Niners. Everybody in the world is on the Chiefs, it feels like. You're on the Niners. You're on CMC. Even though I think we were talking props during the break, you said Kelsey over in yards. So, you know, we all, the, the four of us just kind of laid out our game scripts and how we envisioned this thing working as we were making these game prop bets. Um, how does Von Dalzell see things playing out on Sunday night? What's, what's the game script in your head right now? Well, I'm definitely expecting a very, very competitive game between these two. Expecting the Niners to probably get out the two-and-a-half, three-point favorites. But as we've seen, uh, for the most part from the Chiefs, I feel like they've been a good first-half over, second-half under type of team. And with the Niners, they're going to have to come out aggressive and try and build that lead so they can do what they do best and run clock in the second half and take the ball out of Brock Purdy's hands and not put him in tough positions. So I do think in the first half we're going to see some points between these two teams. I think we could see both teams score two touchdowns here and be competitive. A uh, team that has the ball at the end of the first half and whoever gets the ball to begin the second half, that team is going to have a substantial chance, I think, of winning the Super Bowl because that's really how it's played out in the NFL. Uh, if a team that's getting the ball in the second half scores right before the end of the first half, that team usually rallies on in the second half. So I'm really curious to see that aspect of the game, but I do think the Chiefs, once again, would be a great live bet in the second half if they are down, I do not want to make the same mistake I made with the Eagles last year, but expecting somewhat of a 27-23-esque type game, Niners coming out on top. Yeah, that that middle eight is huge. And then, of course, in the Super Bowl, Mahomes and company, they've dealt with this. You have that extra long wait while you're waiting for Usher and then the, then to clear everything out. <laughs> so you have even more yeah. prep time. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? 
with all that extra time to deal with, you know, maybe it'll be Purdy. And then how do they handle that? Uh, interesting. So the, the score that you just threw out there, are, are you set on that? Or are you thinking there's some fluctuation there? Are, are you going to play the over? Because uh, what you threw out there would hit over 47 and a half. Yeah, it would. And I think that's why I said I'd rather take the first half over uh, okay. than play the full game over. But I do think we can get there. Now, if you saw the last two, three weeks, I mean, the Chiefs have been the sec- best second half under team in all of football. I believe they're uh, 15 and four or something like that to the second half unders now on the season. So, you know, the Niners themselves, best team within the hashes, you you got to try and beat them deep to really beat them. So I don't know if the running game will look as good for the Chiefs as the Lions did against the Niners. That was kind of one of those one-off games, in my opinion, where the Niners allow the most rushing yards ever in a half. Uh, in the NFC Championship, don't see that repeating in the Super Bowl. So uh, I do like the over. I'll be playing probably some correct scores, but uh, that's the way I'd probably rather take it because, you know, Super Bowl is all about the lunch money bets uh, for the smaller ones. So I'm going to be taking some correct scores probably all in the 20s ranges. What are some of the other player props you got an eye out for, Vaughn? Yeah, so took Kelsey over uh, 69 and a half yards. I believe that's 70 and a half, 71 everywhere. As you guys have known or heard probably, Travis Kelsey, 70-plus receiving yards in 12 straight playoff games. Dude's an absolute monster. And uh, he's coming off, I mean, terrific performances. Also has the most receiving yard in Super Bowl history at 133. Um, I did play Christian McCaffrey for MVP at plus 475. I mean, Terrell Davis, 1999, was the last running back to win the award. I feel like CMC might be the most complete running back in the Super Bowl we've had since then. Uh, We know that he can run the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball, uh, and catch the ball too. So I'm expecting some trick plays. From the Niners, and if I'm going on another Niners play, I've been kind of stuck on Debo Samuel, and I would love to hear your opinions. I know Aaron's a huge prop person, so I wanted to hear her. So you guys had to ask her for me. But Debo Samuel's at 16 and a half rushing yards. Does that not intrigue you? Just because that number's so high, you expect him now to get two, three, or four carries uh, to hit that number. So that's one that I'm lining up to. I might play some alt lines on Debo Samuel's rushing props. Uh, since we're getting a 16 and a half, 25 and a half, 40 and 40 plus, those would be some pretty good plus money, plus money plays. Yeah. I think, I think the expectation is he's going to have a, uh, a pretty important role in this game. So in the NFC championship game, the, the expectation was, okay, even if he's out there, he's not going to do anything. And that couldn't be further from the truth. Like he was a huge part of that offense and what they were able to do. And he was a, bit of a target hog so now two weeks to get healthy you you would expect it's going to be a 100 percent deep yeah. like yeah, he, yeah it's gonna be good and you know That's just insane. where the sharp money's been coming in the early prop money it's iuk number going down and his Debo's going up. I, I think that's mm. a pretty good angle and and there's reason they're betting under on iuk and over on Debo. Yeah, Ayuk's been outstanding all season, too. I feel like he's been the guy that's kind of lifted their offense in some ways because you already knew what you're getting from Debo, from George Kittle, from Christian McCaffrey. Uh, but Ayuk was really the question mark, and I went to the Steelers-Niners game in week one, and Ayuk was torching the Steelers. And I was like, you know what? He might be taking that leap forward. I feel like he has this season, but when, you, when you're playing guys at this age with this amount of experience, like an Ayuk compared to a Debo, you want to consider the biggest game of their life and how they're going to perform. A guy like Debo, he's going to be ready for this moment, in my opinion. Not saying that Ayuk won't, but I'd much rather feel confidence in betting Debo's numbers. And I feel like what you just said about the props fluctuating, that's the correct mm-hmm. way that I'd be betting it too. So yeah, that actually makes me more confident than Debo. 
He might end up on my card now, man. He might do it, Joe. Yeah, all right. What What about um, first touchdown bets? That'll be another. There's so many ways to attack stuff early in the game. I love it, whether you're talking about pregame stuff like Anthem or, or whatever. But, um, you know, first yeah. touchdown are always fun. I know you're playing that. What do you got? Yeah, we uh, we did a little collab on our Bet the Edge show uh, with Drew and I. We both had the same guy and did not even talk about it. Uh, huh. But we're rocking with Jawan Jennings at 35 <laughs> uh, for the Niners. And uh, now we just talked about Ayuk and Debo, right? But yeah, Debo was out. Jawan Jennings stepped up. When Debo came back, Jawan Jennings still played well. And he needs to step up uh, from his last two games because I think he's been taking the leaps forward. And he's a guy that could do those mid, those mid routes from the slot. He can go deep over top. He's tall, so he's a red zone target. Um, you know, it just seems like one of those guys that's a sneak pick. I'm more of a tight end person with my first touchdown bets. Uh, but Travis Kelsey and George Kittle just seem too easy, guys. And plus, if we're talking about lunch money bets, you got to take some shots. So 35 to 1 sounded pretty good to me. But I wouldn't talk you off, you know, at 10 to 1 for George Kittle or 8 to 1 for Travis Kelsey. Von Dalzell of NBC Sports with us here on BetQL Daily. Let's let's keep it in the Niners receiver room because you talked about Debo and Ayuk. You mentioned Juwan Jennings. Um, I've I've liked since last week when we started to explore props, Vaughn, uh, Ayuk longest reception over 24 and a half. Because I could see this game playing out where both teams lean on the reliable targets, right? Kelsey, Kittle, Debo running backs in both cases McCaffrey and Pacheco but then each team if they, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if they have one shot over the top right or somebody breaks free in the secondary and Ayuk we saw that potential in the NFC championship game longest uh reception over 24 and a half has actually the juice has actually started to pile up it was minus 110 early earlier last week I think it's up to minus 120 now so when you're looking for guys for big plays I guess is it Staying with those established targets that we've talked about already, like CMC, Debo, uh, Kelsey, or do you start to look outside a little bit like a Jawan Jennings that you mentioned for first touchdown or Brandon Ayuk? Yeah, I mean, no, those are actually, Ayuk, that's a good angle of attacking Ayuk, and Jennings would probably be the same type of angle. They're like, and if you're going to the Chiefs receiver room, that would be Marquez Valdez-Scanling. Like, you're you're probably not going to play Valdez-Scanling over receptions, but you're going to play his yards. You know, like the guy can do what his yard line on one or two plays. Um, and that's the same thing with a guy like Ayuk, too, or Jennings. Uh, when I looked at Brock Purdy, though, you know, he's – I don't want to call him a game manager, you know, but at the same time, I don't want to call him a glorified Jimmy Garoppolo in the system and things like that. But he doesn't throw the ball deep. I mean, he has three deep ball attempts on the season per game, 47 overall. Uh, you know, and that's not their mojo. That's not what they do, but – Against the Chiefs in that second half, like I stated, it's going to be low-scoring games. So you're going to have to take some shots if you're trailing or tied with them. We know that both teams can go the, the length of the field in two or three minutes. So, uh, you know, as long as Brock Purdy is doing his play action, I like him. He's a great play action quarterback, 69%, because they run the ball so well. And speaking on the deep ball percentage, I believe he's in the neighborhood of 54 56%. So I don't hate the play because he can complete the pass, but – I don't know if you're going to have enough attempts to feel confident in that. Uh, so I would rather not. Vlad, let's jump over to uh, college hoops. Nothing last night in the Big Ten, but we've got uh, three games this evening. What do you have circled? 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm excited for tonight's slate because the Big Ten's been pretty interesting the past two weeks. A lot of teams fluctuating up and down my power rankings. But uh, I'm looking at Rutgers and Maryland. This total starting to move up from 125 up to like 127 and a half. If we start creeping over 61 and a half, 62 and a half points for a team total for Rutgers, we're going to fade that on the road at Maryland. Right now, Maryland's probably playing their best basketball this season. And Rutgers is kind of, kind of falling behind right now. Uh, they got smacked up by Penn State at home. Very embarrassing loss, and they lost the following game as well. So I'm not feeling too confident with the Rutgers Scarlet Knights are, but Maryland's the team that's starting to creep up into maybe that bubble conversation uh, for the NCAA tournament. And the biggest game tonight is Michigan State and Minnesota. Michigan State's the fourth-ranked team on power rankings. Minnesota's eighth in the Big Ten. Minnesota has already six more wins than last season. So it's at a point like when will this team drop off and fall off the face of the earth? Um, they're at home tonight, so I expect to be competitive, but when they're good on the road into their next three games, I think Minnesota is going to be a pretty big fade opportunity. So if you're not going to play Minnesota plus three and a half, you could probably get a much better line in the game. In the last two games, they were down by double digits in both those games. You can get lines around plus eight and a half to 11 and a half. Uh, so you guys know in college basketball, the team that's trailing at halftime is probably going to come back and win. Uh, so if Minnesota's trailing, grab a ticket on them just like I did with Kansas State and Kansas last night. Um, so I'm very excited for Big Ten basketball tonight, but those are the two best looks I probably have. A couple interesting spots in the NBA tonight too, Vaughn. Um, you've got Kyrie returning to the scene of the crime in Brooklyn with the Mavs after dropping <laughs> 23 last night. Um, you've got T-Wolves in Chicago. Uh, you've got Thunder in Utah. We could get to Milwaukee Phoenix as the the road trip from hell continues for the Bucks, but uh, Magic <laughs> and Heat that spot in, in the Eastern Conference is interesting. Like Miami had that skid a couple weeks ago where I think they kind of just fell off of some people's radar. Yeah, hundred percent, and uh, and that was good timing for me because I played the Magic to win the Southeast Division at uh, like plus one sixty, plus one eighty odds. Anything I can get now, they're the favorite at minus 125, and uh, the Heat are plus 105. So it's flipped. I feel like the Heat are finding themselves. They did watch their last game, and uh, they just couldn't get any offense going, man. I know Terry Rozier has been an all-around attribution to their team, but they just feel like they're still missing those bigs down low uh, to be able to score them those paint points. They've been – when Duncan Robinson or Tyler Hero aren't banging threes for them, they're just super inefficient because they're relying on guys like Jimmy Butler or Terry Rozier or Hameakas to shoot threes. So – I like the Orlando Magic. They were plus three and a half last night. Um, I played them at that number. They're down to two and a half now. I see plus 120 on the money line. 
I think they can win this game. This is a short travel spot, obviously. They match up pretty well. Orlando's got the bigs, but they also got guards that max up, match up well, uh, like Suggs, for instance, who I think is perfectly fine to guard Terry Rozier and score on him as well. But this could be a Paulo Bencaro game. Uh, Bam Adebayo is not on his A1 performance. So I like the magic here as a road dog, short road dog at that. Who's the second best team in the East? <laughs> That's the same reaction one? we had. Like, <laughs> like, like, is, well, listen, I, I've been debating basketball so hard for the past three days, working at this uh, juvenile center with a bunch of 16 to 19 year old kids because <laughs> they think they know more than me. And I'm yeah. like, no, you don't. Uh, but, you know, the Bucks. one thing about them, they, I hate their defense. Like, I've been saying all year, this team has absolutely no defense. I can't see them winning past the second or third round. Like, the second or third round, the, uh, the playoffs is going to be difficult for them because of their defense. When you got teams like the Pacers put up 130 on you, the Sixers can score on you. Right now, obviously, the Knicks are playing terrific basketball. There's no debating that. The Cavs are playing terrific basketball. There's no debating mm-hmm. that. But I still cannot put them above the Bucks because of Giannis and Dame factor. They should be able to beat those teams in a seven-game set. But I got to start seeing it, man, because I'm not seeing anything from Milwaukee that makes me believe they are going to be NBA champs or in the NBA finals. And I'm not saying the Knicks or Cavs will be, but the Knicks are getting hot. And if they continue the stretch, maybe they can knock off the Bucks. And they finally beat the Bucks this year, which was a very difficult thing for me. I think they lost 10 straight. Uh, if Joel Embiid gets healthy, that's a conversation point. But obviously it's a two-team race with a third or fourth team on the outside. But, I mean, that's a very low-confident number two team in the East. Yeah. Von Dalzell, NBC Sports. We appreciate it as always, man. Thanks for the time. We'll catch up again next week. Coming up next year on BetQL Daily, our NFL year in review division by division continues with the AFC North right here on BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM.